Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 18 of the Founding Fellows podcast. Boys, we have reached the legal age. What's up of podcasts? Hind, how's it going there? It's going. That made uh, that made me laugh. Actually, it's quite funny. And and readers still got his pink beats on, even though he he fucked up one of our audios. Pardon the French. He screwed up one of our audios uh, in an interview a few weeks ago. We talked about it, and he uh, he still hasn't converted. He's not committed to the pod. Clearly, it's quite disappointing to see. I thought we retired the pink beats, but they're back. Nick, what do you have to say for that yourself on that? Uh, well, first off, I never said that I was retiring the pink beats. These are like the OG beats. But uh, no, I was wearing AirPods last week and um, my left ear started to get really itchy and I swear to God, I have an ear infection right now because of the AirPods. So That's why you don't buy your AirPods at 7-Eleven, dude. They're you don't not know what you, you AirPods. Oh, dude, what he bought them on Craigslist and didn't wash them. That's why he's an ear infection. Oh, no, I, that makes sense. <laughs> dude, no. you got to start wearing masks over your ears. It's easily transmissible. Anyways. So that is not what happened at all. Um, no, I just, I don't know what was going on. And I think I was wearing them too much because I wore them all week too and the week prior and then a couple days after. But I feel that, know. man, when I got my AirPods for the first time, I, I mean, I got mine from Apple, so a little bit higher quality. Oh my but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, you just leave them in. Sometimes you forget they're even in there. You're just trying to drip on everybody, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes you get an ear infection. I feel so douchey because I'll wear them around the house or, like, to the grocery store. Like, I used to, like, Brady and I used to, like, talk on the phone, and I used to go to the grocery store with But the we AirPods. don't talk anymore. Well, yeah, he's he's and a full time working man. Friends. Um, like but we I used to. <laughs> you like that place? Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> um, no, but I used to wear them everywhere. Speaking of which, Hind, uh, how's uh, the new job going? Yeah, it's going well. I'm uh, two weeks in now. Just starting to. Uh, what's that line from that? that movie called with a will ferrell and uh marky mark he's like i'm a peacock captain just let me spread my wings and fly it's kind of the stage it's <laughs> kind of the stage i'm at now where i'm just i gotta i gotta learn uh like just give it a shot and and learn if i if i screw up so it's uh yeah i'm at that stage now where i'm kind of venturing out on my own and uh it's exciting it's exciting for sure it's uh keeping me busy quite busy and uh, i'm super tired now adulting sucks and it's totally different than before right because i'd work every summer with university i'd save my money like in an office or whatever and now this time around it's like the start of my career right so rather than thinking okay you know get through this three four months i'm back with like the boys at university like we're gonna just have a, a time now it's like oh like i'm gonna be moving into a new apartment in a few months i really gotta save oh yeah what, what car should i buy in a few months like i'm like it's all about saving and like this that and the third i'm like oh man like this sucks ass. Like, this is so brutal. Like I I'm liking the job and I'm, and I'm appreciating it and grateful for it and working hard. But at the same time, like the start of my career, it's a, uh, it's like kind of hard to explain unless like, you know, you've had that beginning, like Cole, I was talking to Cole about this the other day, our, our buddy. And uh, we were just kind of talking about that. It just totally shifts the narrative in your mind. Like you don't really, it's not like you have this thing to go back to with the boys. Now it's like, Oh man, like I have to worry about saving up for a down payment on this, a down payment on this. Like it's just, it's not fun, man. Being an adult sucks. 
I'm not a doctor, but I have a prescription for you. It's going to help you get through these tough times. It's a golf okay. trip with the fellas. Oh, I, knew, I was hoping you're going to say golf. Yeah. I knew it. I knew you knew I was going to say it. As soon as yeah. the borders open, boys, I want to go to Arizona. I said, I said we should take like a huge Win Vegas golf trip. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it would be, it'd be a decent plan. I uh, I sent a pretty funny meme the other day to uh, Zach. Did you did you end up getting the meme? Maybe you maybe you didn't make the cut this week. No, you made the cut this week. Um, it said, uh, "Sex is cool and all, but consider this: you wake up <laughs> and the sun is shining. You put on your Sunday best. You grab a fresh glove and new sleeve of balls. Drive to the course. You wind warm up." And you're pouring everything. Your putter can't miss. You shoot your lowest round ever. Hashtag golf. Here's the thing. I don't know if there's a better feeling in the world. Like it's a I, I genuinely do not know if there's a like after you go out, you just stripe it for a round. You're playing 18. You're like, boys, yeah. I can go 36. Yeah. I can go seriously. 36 right now. If you're feeling that way, I don't know. There's a I don't know if there's a better feeling on the planet. I'm playing on a simu- in a simulator next uh, next Saturday with my buddy. You can only have two persons in a, in a what do they call it, like a dock now. But uh, yeah, I'm going to the, the simulator. My clubs are ready to be picked up on Tuesday, and then uh, I, there's an indoor driving range close to my house. I might book a book an appointment later this week so I can get used to the clubs and then uh, play us uh, around. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, I was I was thinking when I was reading that, like you know. I don't know about you guys, but I like playing like golf, like at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And like after a night of raining and it's like fresh and there's like dew on the ground and you're you just, you no, just dude, that's the worst. What? No, no there's <laughs> what? nothing like a little bit of dew on the ground when you first. No, that's early. And if it's raining the night before it's cart path only, that sucks. Yeah, that's not, like rain, extra... not like raining, but like you said raining. Okay. When I say raining, I mean like a, a sprinkle. Like just enough to like. Uh, okay, so when you say rain, greens. you don't actually mean rain. Okay, good. I'll, I'll note that. So what would forward. you call it? What a sprinkle is? What's a sprinkle? Mist, gypsy, drizzle. Like a drizzle. mist. Yeah, Dri- okay. Ooh. Drizzle's okay, good. Okay. So, sorry. Word of the day: drizzle. A nice Buddy. little drizzle the night before with a little bit of mist, not dew. Drizzle is not our word of the day. <laughs> if we were doing like a grade like one to three educational podcast, <laughs> we could maybe use drizzle as our word of the day, but. I think my favorite university time of golf, graduates. <laughs> my, my favorite time of golf is probably like, like a sunny, a sunny eleven a.m. Because like yeah. everything's calmed down in terms of like the grass and the sun's come out, so it's 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 not as wet as in in the morning with all the drizzle and, and the dew, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's crisp, it's drizzle. clean, it's not too hot yet. It's still like fresh, especially on like a nice sunny Saturday in like July, and it's just oh yeah. But you, you have know what the worry. best part about that is. The best part about that, you know, you have your your Bluetooth speaker going in the cart, and you know, uh, it's eleven o'clock on a Saturday. The beer cart lady's out there somewhere. Yeah, she may not have been there yet, but she's coming. She'll find you. She'll find you. You'll find you. She'll find you, and then hopefully you'll find the bottom of the bottle. Oh wait, hold on. And is, let's have a good night. Is there is there like a, a time in Canada before they can sell alcohol on a golf course? Yeah, I don't know. Because I know I for a not. fact... I don't I've, play early enough to know. <laughs> I, I've teed off at like 7 a.m. in Michigan, and I know for a fact I've been able to pick up like a like a six-pack for the first... That's the most Nick Reed thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Oh, 7 a.m., boys. Time to get into one. 
<laughs> I just buy a, a six pack, uh, sir. It's seven a.m. We're actually just coming around with like juices. Yeah, you know that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> there's a, there's a reason it's called a shotgun start. And it's like is if you don't how, have is beers, that how you lost I'll... your tooth. Well, we took get... a driver to the face after downing six pints on half an hour to, at 7 a.m. cut out the shotgun with his tooth and just fucking end up losing <laughs> it in the sixth can. I can do that. I can sh- I can put like the uh, beer can right on the inside of this tooth and just pop it open with my tooth. Yeah, sounds sounds smart. Bet your dentist loves that one. Yeah, uh, Nick, Nick, you, uh, you got some exciting stuff to share today. You got some uh, conspiracies going on. How about you roll us into that? Dude, I was so gassed up for this episode. Also, whoever would put those memes together, the flat earth stuff, you made me sound like a complete idiot. You, I was, you I, can't make you sound like an idiot when you're quoting what you said. Yeah, but the way you guys clipped it before and after and just left that part in, you didn't even provide any context. And you made it sound like Logan Paul's like the end-all be-all of like the flat earth community and debunking it. When it comes to you, I, I, sometimes I think Logan Paul might be your Jesus Christ. <laughs> dude, dude, he made uh, $2 million. Uh, well, he opened up $2 million worth of Pokemon cards on Saturday. How wild is that? These little. I got a quick question for you. Do you care? Okay, well, I'll just go <laughs> fuck myself. <laughs> I just I'm joking. Did, I, have you I guys seen that? Absurd. No, I'm, I'm actually going to build off that, Nick. I actually, that's interesting. Have you guys seen that NBA Top Shot stuff? Yes, no. I tried to buy some today. It's what is it? Out. It's like these like non-fungible tokens of these like different um, NBA moments. So like you can buy like... I was looking at it today. You can buy like LeBron James three point pack from December 1st of 2020 for like, I think it's $4,000 or something. Is there only, yeah, I've seen the prices. Like one of them sold like a LeBron James dunk sold for 200,000. It's basically, so the idea behind it is it's, it's like collectibles, almost like trading cards, like sports cards, but it's not, it's they're short clips. Yeah, they seem so kind of stupid, but like, yeah, is there like back a, at this moment and it's, they're gonna be worth so much money one day, dude? There, there's already one selling for 200,000 and it's this virtual video, so it's got to be like, do you have the rights to that video though? Is that how it works? No, I don't know don't, if it's one person or if there's like multiple of them, but they're they're rare, right? Well, I don't, I don't completely understand how non fungible tokens work because like, what's stopping me from screenshotting that video and just having it on my phone or screen recording the exact you know clip from the website and like saving it on my phone and claiming that i well i think you have i think it's similar to like a car's vin number where you get something that's like exclusive to you like there's an issue date and a and probably like a serial number sort of thing associated with it so you know that it's it's legit and then the trades and stuff like it goes through the uh through the top shot app right yeah, but like what so why would it what's stopping me from creating a competing company and selling the exact same thing at a lower value? Well, you don't have the rights to it for for one. I think yeah. that's a big one. Is it like the NBA backs it? It's an NBA backed oh, program. Is it? Oh, I didn't know that. I, I'm pretty confident it is. Hmm. Interesting. Let me pull it up. Hind it. You haven't seen anything about it? No, 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 but I've heard um like 
funny enough, the the first I've heard is of these token kind of collectible things was was uh, Logan. I saw something about Logan Paul trying to sell his own now. Oh my god, <laughs> Logan Paul, such a loser. Why does Nick talk? Oh, that sounds really so interesting. Well, I don't no, have Brady, a that sounds really interesting. My wall like I'd like you to. Uh, it's more so I just follow news. I'd like to. Re- I'd like you to really get into the uh, the Logan Paul stuff that you that you enjoy seeing, Braden. Can you get into that? Yeah, I I saw a headline, so we're gonna have to ask the uh, our, our resident Logan Paul enthusiast, Nick Reed. Nick, can you? Break How many it down podcasts well have a Logan Paul expert? <laughs> Not many. We gotta be we gotta be rare in the market, but we're lucky to have one, especially with those pink beats. Are those like a Logan Paul edition? Is that why you're reluctant oh to give them up? God. No, they're Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey what's Star? Nick? Help me out. Yeah, Jeffrey Star. Thanks. First off, I don't know why you guys are like shitting on YouTubers who make twenty, thirty million dollars a year, more money than we'll ever see in our lifetime. But False. that's a very pessimistic way to look yeah. at your own life. Yeah. Do you really, we do, do you we do investment segments big, now. Do you even fathom how big twenty million dollars is? So you're saying yeah, you it's don't have one any, third of my current bank account. You have no ambitions for yourself and, <laughs> and want to achieve you know a certain level. Like, would you not want to get to that point? So why? Would no, you absolutely. But what so you're counting yourself out at age twenty five from ever achieving success that they've achieved, and you're only twenty five years old. That sounds you really guys are to me. so fucking dramatic. No, I'm just We're saying, just for these saying what you said, dude. I'm just saying for these listeners, you have someone here just discrediting themselves and others on the podcast. I think we got to encourage people to, to you not know what, dream Brandon, big, but I will set say big this. goals for themselves. You know, I will say that the career aspirations that I have would not allow me to earn $30 million a year. My well, then you okay, should invest better with fair. your earnings. Pardon? Did you know, guys, I got a stat for you. Uh, oh, I forget the stat. Damn, I hate when this happens. Oh. I think it's uh, 60% of millionaires have three different income sources. So if you're just relying on career earnings to build your net worth, it's going to be really difficult. You got to look into entrepreneurial avenues. We've had an entrepreneur on the pod. You got to look at investing, basically develop ways to uh, build passive income if you want to become a millionaire. Some of us have those aspirations. Some of us don't. No, it's and not the power to you. It, it, yeah. No, I absolutely think that everybody here is achievable, capable of achieving that level of success. But I, I guess what I was trying to say is, Brandon and I have talked on a couple of occasions about you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, what we want to end up doing, and I we have pretty similar ideals as to what we want to do. And realistically, I don't ever foresee the career path of, that we want to go into, giving us thirty million dollars a year. I think it's important to, I know we're talking about money. I think it's important to differentiate like financial success is only one type of measurable success. Right. And that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, but you also did use it. I'm not, this is me coming at you, like attacking you, but it's just, you did use it as a metric of success. Like, oh, they're making, you're, you're shitting on someone that's making this much money and you'll probably never see this much money. Like I understand that, but at the same time, acknowledging that that's not the only metric of success, right? If say you want to get into public service or public office and make a difference that way, I consider that to be, more if not at least on the same oh no i totally agree success, with you yeah. success right so well but, i'm uh, so hey, yeah i'm sorry no, if i don't I hurt your guys' not... feelings or anybody <laughs> oh, my podcast. you know oh, i yeah. if you if you can make 30 40 million dollars a year be my guest i thought you were meant to cumulative initially which i think is definitely attainable for anybody if they invest well and start young oh, yeah. and live for a long time 
Yep. Like if you start investing when you're 20 and you put like 15, 20% of your income into, I mean, whatever sort of investment you want to do and you save it f- until you're 80, dude, you're going to have a ton of money in the bank, at least 10 mil. Yeah. yeah, it will. Hey, Nick, your dream job though in 30 years, stay at home dad. I was actually going to say he's thinking about like seven kids and I was like, I don't know if we really align on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my dream job. You want to hear a funny story? Kind of crazy. In grade six, everybody, I was in school and they asked, the first question our teacher asked is, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Wait, dude, let us guess your dream jobs before you tell us. Continue the story, but let Brandon uh, and I get okay. a chance first. <laughs> so all my like classmates are like, I want to play in the NHL. I want to I wanna be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to, you know, I don't know, be a dentist. And then my turn comes up. What do you think I want to do? I wanted to be in grade six. Grade six. Crack, Zach. Uh, grade six. Um, ooh, that's tough. Uh, Brayden, do you have one on offhand? I'd say adult entertainer. Oh, that's not a bad one. That's not a bad grade one. Uh, I'm going to go. Adult entertainer is. Man, I'm going to go scientist. I bet you wanted to be a scientist, like to like invent stuff. I wish I was that smart, Zach. I wanted to be a Zamboni. But you could have thought you were in grade six. I wanted to be a Zamboni driver. (laughs) Oh, geez. Okay, but here's the thing. Nothing against Zamboni drivers, but based off of like all your other classmates and stuff, that's such a wholesome career choice. Oh, dude. I was, I, and I was so proud of it too. I like, you know, you don't, you didn't need to go to university for that, right? You just wasted some money on tuition. Yeah. And then, um, my teacher kind of pressed me on it and he goes, why would you want to be a Zamboni driver? And I like, I like stood there like dumbfounded that he asked me that question. I was like, you drive a car on the ice, clean the ice and you watch NHL games for free and you get paid. Oh, you want okay. You want to be an NHL Zamboni driver. Yeah. You get David Ayers, dude. Yeah. He's got a movie about him now. That could have been you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, and the teacher like kind of looked at me like I was stupid, but like little Nick was like so forward thinking. Yeah, so wholesome. Zach, that was a good one. I was wholesome. You're right. Thank you. What happened? Well, Braden, what, what's your uh, when you were young? What was your dream job? Um, I wanted to be a vet for a long time. Veterinarian. That explains your love for to... Kiki. Yep, I love animals. Uh, and then I wanted to be an NHL GM, which I still would love to do, but I didn't go down. Like a lot of them are tend to be lawyers and then they get into the game that way, but, uh, or former players. So didn't go that route, but, uh, yeah, those are my two. What about you? Those are fun. Um, sounds lame, but commercial pilot since day one. Nice. My mom has a, as a scrapbook, she made a scrapbook for every like year of my life. And one of the scrapbooks, it says, uh, I think I was like three years old in it. And it says Zach's dream is to become a commercial pilot. So it's kind of just the one avenue I've had my whole life. So, you know what? Awesome. Good for you, man. Nick, Good for all of us. Stoned ape theory. I want to hear about it. Well, first off, I want to give a big shout out to uh, all the listeners that, you know, through uh series out there, you know, we had some pretty funny ones. What happened to Nick's tooth um, all the way to, um, was Nail Yakupov 20 when he was drafted, but unfortunately I could only pick two and Rainsy has another one maybe. Um, now we're going to save it. Okay. So this one uh, is a shout out to 
to Drew Hermiston. Uh, Stone Ape Theory. So Drow Hernsnikov. Have you guys heard anything about this theory? Yeah, I have. Well, what do you know about it? Just uh, essentially, it's it's what I want to say, crediting the development of our brain and the growth of our brain in such a short time uh, to fungi and the consumption of fungi um, by early humans. So, so yeah, so there's about uh, well, apes, um, actually by apes. Yeah. So there's a major cognitive leap that um, we as a species took, which took us from apes to homo sapiens. And there's no clear um, indicator as to why that happened. So uh, a guy by the name of uh, Terrence McKenna, he first proposed psychedelic mushrooms as the trigger for a rapid cognitive evolution. So like Braden was saying, he proposed that apes ate these mushrooms or fungi, I guess, out of poop. And it basically tripped them out and um, like advance our cognitive cognitive functions. However, um, the I guess would it be science community or medical community or evolution community kind of was like looked at this guy like he was a an idiot like psychedelic mushrooms growing out of feces that gave us our cognitive ability. Yeah, right, buddy. Like kick rocks. But uh, there uh, was like a thread on Reddit and another, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this word, psilocybin mycologist Paul Stamets. I think I killed that, actually. That sounded yeah, really good. That sounded yeah. electric. Yeah. Um, brought it back to the forefront at a conference. And uh, at, a psychedelic, at Psychedelic Science in 2017, in his high in his hypothesis he said it's totally possible that mckenna's um theory is reasonable because of the fact that we as a species did all kinds of crazy things like we drank milk out of cows and that's how we discovered it so to that is kind of weird too eh yeah so like to suggest that you know early animal like our earliest cousins um, were eating their own mushroom poop isn't out of the out of the realm of possibility. I think it is important to add um, just for those in the science community, it is a hypothesis. It's not actually a theory because a theory is something that is tested and there's substantial evidence to support it. A hypothesis is just a, essentially a, a way of thinking, a means of thinking that has not yet been tested. So as hey, you we're say, running. What would you say? We're running. Out. We're running uh, conspiracy hypotheses, not uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, for this one. Um, but the reason that's important, Nick kind of touched on it, is there's there's no evidence. Like there's there's some supporting evidence in a sense. Nothing's been tested, but there's also supporting evidence for, as we know, like for for other possibilities, and one of which is um, that once we started to cook food, and you could even tie this in. Well, how did we figure out how to cook food? But once we started to cook food. Uh, the nutrients that we gather from cooked food is a lot more than it was from raw food. And that, that was a huge step in our evolution. We discovered fire and actually cooked food, et cetera, et cetera. But, but yet again, with all these theories, there's so many gaps, right. In the research and, and these hypotheses and you come in and you could still 
equate part of that and the ability to create fire and know how to cook from fire to being, uh, you know, through that evolution through fungi, because there's a lot of research that we can talk about later on, like cellular intelligence and everything with, with fungi. And it gets quite in depth, actually. It's quite interesting. I, I just, I hadn't heard about this theory until a couple of days ago and I started to look into But there was a guy by the name of Ian Tremor who actually says um, evidence of our modern behaviors directly comes from Africa and that the moment of transition or transformation still eludes us. So, Hey, so I got an, uh, I have something to add about this hypothesis that we're currently discussing. Imagine the first ape that does this, like this first ape gets stoned and increases his cognitive ability. Then he realizes how stupid it was for eating his own poop. <laughs> he's just like buzzing on like his IQ is like doubled because no, 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 he's no. on these like shrooms and he like ate his own poop he's like oh, no they shit. weren't eating their own poop so like when it comes to to hunter gatherers which primates well were, regardless you're eating dong which is yeah no, pretty no but essentially the theory is this so like uh when you're hunting and uh, particularly like the the easiest way to do so is essentially uh you know by tracks and by well, the scientific term is scat right so just shit uh so when they were tracking, thank you for they, both terms i appreciate there that go. there you go i just had to keep it simple in case there's someone that really didn't understand uh but i'm not surprised if there was someone listening and you know power to you don't feel bad anyways so they're they're essentially tracking these uh food sources these animals that they could eat uh, and what would happen is you'd have a, a group uh, of apes and they'd be tracking uh you know, feces whatever you want to call it scat uh for food and what they found is that mushrooms a certain type of mushroom would grow out of the scat uh, so they yeah, yeah. eventually started to eat the, out of the the, the the prey that they were hunting so it wasn't out of their own poo okay if, so what's what's the... worse though what's worse eating your own poo or eating some other poo that you don't know what's in it well zach we already do that what do you think all our vegetables grow out of Soil. Manure. Manure. What's manure? Not my veggies. Not my veggies. I grow mine in a garden. There's manure in gardens, Zach. Not my garden. I'm messing Dude, around. Terry's got some synthetic soil. <laughs> oh my god. I think uh, of all places where Windsor, they're eating manure have... is Tara. <laughs> <laughs> um says a guy from Brockville. Brockville has more people than Terra's. It's like an actual yeah, suburb but, of a town. Yeah, but Tara's, Tara's more progressive. How so? Brockville's stuck in the old ages. I've been to both. You can only hook up with your second cousin, not your first in Tara. Oh, it's right. very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Brockville first is in uh, in the clear. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, the other one that really caught my eye, and actually I think we touched on it on a prior episode, or maybe you guys did. Justin Trudeau as Fidel Castro's son. Hey, we had didn't we have not touched on this, but I not, kind of am intrigued by this. Have you guys not touched? We on haven't this at we all? haven't discussed it on the podcast. No, no, we have not. Oh well, then maybe you were listening to Logan Paul's podcast. And it was yeah, on I must those. sound pretty. Yeah, he's stupid. probably talked about it. All right. Anyways, but dude, I did a little bit of a dive on this, and I want to give. Um, I think was this Brady or Jordan? I think this was Jordan. Actually, let me pull it up here. Um. Oh, yeah, I think it was mangoes. I think it was mangoes, too. Um, yeah, Jordan Mangoes. So thanks for this one. This one's a good one. I took a dive and, like, looked into it. 
I'm not saying it's possible, but I'm also oh, he's saying, saying it. Not he's saying possible. It. So this is a he, theory for Nick, not a hypothesis. It's proven. No, it. it so okay, keep in mind. So a little little context. So Justin Trudeau's mom Margaret and his dad Pierre and Fidel Castro were all very 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 sexually promiscuous. So like um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, Pierre Elliott Trudeau <laughs> was seen as like um, a sex icon in Canada at one point, and um, when he married. Uh, Justin's mom, he was in his late fifties and she was in his early twenties. So like the, there was a massive age gap there. And um, Fidel Castro, Is he the prime minister at the time. Uh, yes. Or he was just he was sitting or he was just becoming prime minister. Like he was just running or something. Um, and uh, like for more context, uh, allegedly uh, Justin Trudeau's mom, Margaret, um, had a uh, sex with Ted Kennedy. So Ted Kennedy is a big uh, political figure in the U.S. That is that that's allegedly. Yeah, that's a lot of what ifs. That's a. I say allegedly, but there's a lot of indicators that say that she slept with Ted Kennedy. Such as. I didn't d- dive that far in. I was trying to get to the good part. Okay, so maybe maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, but moving and, on. But there's also evidence, for more context, that uh, Pierre Trudeau slept with uh, guitarists and actresses, including Barbara Streisand, and Fidel Castro has 11 acknowledged children and uh, many bastards. So so these people, I mean, I mean, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. They like to fuck. So, um, um, we yeah. that. Yeah, seriously. So where it gets interesting, and this is where I was like, okay, maybe this is plausible, is Justin was born in December of 1971. Nine months prior, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Trudeau had a second honeymoon in the Caribbean on an undisclosed island, and they requested the media to leave them alone. So... Um, yeah, they wanted the press to give them privacy on their Caribbean vacation. So they go on their vacation. They come back. Boom. She's pregnant. Okay. Um, and there was some concern about um, Pierre's ability to have kids because he had had so many lovers prior. Uh, Braden, sorry, you were going to say something? No, oh, okay. It's an interesting point, but I was going to say, like, why would you – want to go on a second honeymoon and be cucked but like cucked to the point of like she's carrying your child you're in the public eye and i'm I'm not sure so this is out there but essentially wants to create a political dynasty and yes you'd cuck yourself so why would you get someone else to plant a seed in your wife and then pass it off as your kid in in hopes of creating your own dynasty i don't understand like i'm not a Trudeau fan but i'm just trying to make sense of it this sounds similar to the uh, Barack Obama is not an American conspiracy hypothesis. I love that. But not Nick, the hypothesis, else, so but that you said hypothesis. <laughs> Go on, Nick. <laughs> Anyways, so it, the reason why, and I, I, I asked that question too, Braden, was there actually was concern that Pierre Elliott 
because of the amount of lovers he has he had had and he hadn't had kids that he wasn't capable of providing a a child so that led- when you say lovers did he did he have like wives or did he have like i believe he was married no he was never married um okay. so um, so maybe he just didn't want to have a kid with somebody he wasn't married to yeah, but you're going into your 60s. Why would you want to have a kid all of a sudden in your 60s? Because you didn't find the one, and then you got married. Like and she might have been around. a student at like U Ottawa or whatever. I think it's more likely that he wasn't capable. To be completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> you're just really okay, I think it's, it. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Nick's got his agenda for this episode, and he is pushing it. <laughs> Well, like I know so, it's hard for you to understand because like you got your wife, you know, pregnant recently, but like if the pullout game, it, it works. Does it not work for most people? I, I use protection myself, but so if you're, if you're just saying, oh, he was incapable of having kids when he could have been using some form of birth control, uh, which I think the pullout's actually technically considered now a form of birth control, but even uh, another means say, say condoms. And I'm not sure when. Uh, birth control for or not birth control yeah birth control for a woman came out in, in, the, in the forms of like pills and whatnot but do you not think it more likely that he was a politician and wanted to be safe and didn't want to sire bastard someone he was in the public eye i'm kind of on braden side or do you think that he realized that he wanted to create a political dynasty wasn't capable of having a child had already had admiration for fidel castro prior went to a caribbean vacation asked the media not to follow him do you not like that's all. Why would you I want think that, someone I think him using condoms be. is like less of a stretch than that 17 point list that you just rhymed off. I'm not saying like I believe it, but like play along, fellas. Holy crap. Hey, they, well, we're having a discussion. That's what you do when you discuss stuff. But and here, I'm gonna argue on your side of the spectrum now. Fidel Castro and Justin Trudeau do look kind of similar. Very similar. Yeah. But like, he also looks like look his up, dad. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. So seen maybe, maybe that's you know. like an maybe it's an uncle. Like maybe Fidel Castro's their like uncle. Can we pull up the Trudeau's ancestry.ca? <laughs> well, this is where it gets interesting. So Pierre Elliott Trudeau and Margaret went to Cuba in 1976. They were the only Western country to like visit Cuba and um, actually spoke positively about Fidel Castro. And when they went there. Um, it was noted in the media that Margaret embraced Castro, grabbing him by the arms, bringing him close, rather intimate for meeting someone for the first time. And Pierre Elliott allegedly was smiling and laughing and was eager to introduce Justin to Fidel. Well, that doesn't mean that they slept together in 1971, though. <laughs> that means maybe they went to Cuba, yeah, and maybe they just like hung out the, at the dude's crib or something. He probably has 11 You're on gonna, the island. I don't know. I looked at some pictures of Fidel Castro when he was younger, and I could see why people would think like he was attractive. And, um, I mean. I don't know about your morals, Nick. I don't know. What do you mean my morals? I don't know. What's wrong with my morals? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just Brady, saying. Brady does have like this. He has like the same nose as Fidel Castro, though, which is like that is I'll give that to you. That part's a bit. Uh, uh, and and look at the timeline of stuff like they've also determined that in all likelihood that on that 
honeymoon, Justin Trudeau was conceived on that trip. And like it they, is, it is interesting. They look alike. Like I don't know if you can. They see do look it. alike. Yeah. And like even, even when they're young, it's crazy. Actually. Yes. And even and even crazier, Trudeau's mom and dad didn't they get divorced or separated or something at one point? And I'm not too sure about that. Uh, before I talk too much more, I'm gonna. Confirm hey, I did see a picture where Justin Trudeau looks nothing like uh, Fidel Castro, though. It was around Halloween time, and I think the year was 2002. Yeah. He had dressed up as a, a character from Aladdin. Yeah, so... <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. He's talking about the blackface incident. I which know. one, though? Sorry. Which, which year was that? <laughs> um, that's such a joke that our prime minister used blackface. Like, that's still... Well, that's a whole other can of worms. It's like, it's it's terrible that he did that. I'm just laughing at the fact that you brought that up so slyly. <laughs> like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, Trudeau's not in my good books right now, so he's uh, he's fair game as far as I'm concerned for his past uh, horrible mistakes. What's even crazier is that Margaret and Pierre Elliott Trudeau got a divorce in the 80s. So I'm not saying that it's, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau cucked himself, but I'm also not saying it's not possible that he cucked himself. And even what do you think the probability is? Like, give us a percentage oh, like less that than, Justin Trudeau is less than two percent, less than two percent. But okay. there was two more okay. things. I, I, I thought you were going to go like a 60 40 split. No, I'm, I'm going to say two more things, which is kind of added a little bit more validity to the claim. Um, when Castro, when I guess three more things, when Pierre Elliott Trudeau died, Castro actually left Cuba, which was a rarity for him to come to Pierre Elliott Trudeau's funeral. And then when, um, tr- uh, when Castro died, Pierre Elliott, uh, Justin Trudeau was the like the only or one of the only world leaders of the Western world to even acknowledge or praise Fidel Castro's life. And then the third thing I want to bring up is urban myths and legends. How often do you hear like the government? ever speak on it like you never hear like the u.s government like even give any validity to the argument that bush did 9-11 or 9-11 was an inside job or anything like that but well, because why Canadian- would you well why would you discuss that though right well because if 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 enough people believe it and ask questions they're they're gonna have to answer it but the canadian government did acknowledge the like myth and like said that there's no validity to it so that's that's my two conspiracy theories. I don't know. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. Even genetically, looking at Castro and his heritage of uh, being, you know, a Latino, I suppose it's he's classified as it's. And you look at some of the genetic markers as well: the tan skin with the dark eyes. And I'm no like genetics expert, but the probability of him having that fair skin with light blue eyes um, isn't all that likely. Well, well his mother well. here's what his mother has it too. Yeah, but I just took a DNA test. Turns out, so, like I'm a hundred percent not Castro's son. <laughs> it's just unlikely, but yeah, I, I guess anything's possible in this world. But uh, I don't think it's it's the case. I think we've debunked the theory. There's only. Er, correction hypothesis there's only one way to really know for sure and oh there's kiki <laughs> oh kiki's making an appearance 
Get her to meow on uh, on the pod. Kiki's actually a he. You named your Kiki, your cat Kiki. Here's the story. Here's the story. Yeah. So yeah, let's we, get got, into this. we got Kiki like ten years ago, and and the the breeder, she told us that Kiki was a was a girl. So okay. we named who we thought was a, a girl cat at the time, Kiki. And then a few weeks later, we took Kiki to the vet, and the vet's like, "Oh, Kiki's actually a dude." And we're like, "Fuck it, we're keeping <laughs> Kiki as his name." <laughs> Didn't want to switch it to like Kevin or something. Oh, Nick, wake up, dude. Oh my god, you guys need to get out of bed. A douche brain. Ladies and gentlemen, both of my other podcast hosts. <laughs> What's the like aggression is like the first thing and like the Kubler Ross like pyramid or whatever. I don't know. I got a six five in first year psychology. Are you talking about I, like, Kubaya? No, buddy. Like, <laughs> what's the? Uh, there's like five stages of, of religion, like, grieving. Guy, Jesus, what? I said. Now this guy's making fun of religion. The Kumbaya song. Oh, he has no limits. He has no limits here to his rage. What? What's? What is the OLG thing? Know your limits. Play within it. Yourself. Yeah, dude. That's my life motto. <laughs> oh man. Uh, right, Rain- well, let's move on. Oh, sorry. What were we gonna say? We'll say next. Say Rainsy. If you if you'd like to move on, yeah, let's. Uh, we got some hockey to discuss, uh, and we're gonna toss this one over to Brayden. I'll quickly give a rundown of what's going on. Uh, the Habs suck. They were really good, Terrible. but now they suck. Yeah, they're pathetic. Uh, they fired Claude Julian and Kirk Muller. Who who's uh, Kirk Muller? Was he their power play coach? I believe yeah, assistant coach. Uh, he took the reins last year in the bubble when uh, Claude Julian had a heart scare. Um, but yeah, he was the uh, he ran the power play. Okay, so why did he get fired? Do you think? Like, I understand Julian, but uh, like Kirk Muller was like the Habs were buzzing in the bubble. Yeah, but I think they just needed the fresh faces uh, across the board. And those two guys have been there for a while, and uh, the power play wasn't getting it done. A bit lackluster, and uh, they just decided to can him. I was actually quite happy. I'm not a fan of Claude Julian. I think the Habs need to stop hiring French coaches. It limits. I was just going to uh, discuss that pool. too. It is it's ridiculous. They do it with the GMs and the coaches. Just hire the best man for the job. Um, it, yeah. it, it's it's ridiculous. Like, why do they have to speak French? Or even if they, you know, I'm sure that some other Canadian coaches have some knowledge, prior knowledge of French. They might not have a Quebecois accent. They can sharpen up on their French a little bit and and, and learn it. You could bring that, bring a coach on and be like, hey, here's a condition. Like, you need to start taking French lessons X amount of times a week, which they offer to players. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do it. I'll, hey, I'll learn French like, a little bit. You get hired as a head coach of the Habs and you have to, like, log on to Duolingo three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> they can track but, your progress. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. But <laughs> like it's you just, only got two stars. What happened there? <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Though. But anyways, I'm glad he's gone. Um and, but the Habs since being uh they were fired they're they're oh one and one. So it's uh and they they blew a lead, a three one lead and lost six three like on Thursday Eesh. against the Jets. And it's just it was a net price price sucks. Price sucks. He's, we should have we should have traded him two years ago. I was on about that. Bergevin is probably the biggest pussy in the league, though. I think Bergevin's one of the worst GMs in the league. You literally uh, were singing his praises, like no, I never have. I said he was a man rocket. I've never yeah, got praised sick biceps. Him. I, you could probably go back in the podcast and you could pull up clips of me saying I thought we should have got rid of Bergevin. I thought we got th- should have got rid of Bergevin. And I said the only good trade he's ever done was that Patch Ready 
for Suzuki and Tatar. That's the best trade he's ever done. I don't. I'm looking at. I'm trying to think of other trades. I thought, that actually I thought you liked the signings. The signings this year, this year were quite solid. But look at his drafting record, dude. I think it's the last. What are you talking like, about? Seven, seven first round picks that we've taken for the Habs have panned out. Have not panned out. They've been useless. Just name like a Stan first Bowman. round pick. Name a first round pick right now uh, that the Habs have drafted that's good in the NHL. John Kemi. You mean Kakanemi? He's like an AHL player. He sucks. Did you say John Kenny? He said John Kenny. It's Kakanemi. He's just very Kakanemi. <laughs> <laughs> what? What'd you say, Nick? What? He's playing in the NHL this year. Yeah, just yeah, but he's not doing well. I'm saying he should be an AHL player. And he was in the AHL last year. He got sent down. Yeah, but I'm saying like we passed up on Brady Kachuk in the draft for Kakaniemi. Kakaniemi was was lower ranked. He's probably ranked later in the top ten. Out of nowhere, we pick. And it's just that they're just terrible. Like you look at any of the picks we've had in the X amount of years, none of them have panned out first round picks. None of them. Man, so, as a Leafs fan, I really, I like, I, I feel for you, man. Cause like, yeah, if you look at our draft in too, like, stop? it's a GM. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you guys did trade, have Sergachev, but you traded him for Druin. Mm-hmm. That's a tough trade. That's a brutal trade. Yeah. It's not great. That's a terrible trade. Like it's, yeah. Just, I'm looking no, at if you look right at like now, awful, dude. Look at the drafting so the Stens have done in the past couple of years. Like the Tyler Toffoli signing, I liked a lot though. Yeah, but it's he's a so hot and cold. Like he, he's. I think the signings were really good, but at the same time, like it's like you have Cole Caulfield in the pipeline, okay, and Caden Gooley who looked pretty good. But you know, you had Cock and Yemi, then you had Ryan Poling as our first round pick. Sergachev, Peter Sherbeck, yeah, <laughs> Sherbeck gone. Noah Jolson. Gone. Michael McCarron. Gone. Galchenyuk. Gone. Nathan Bullyu. Gone. Jared Tenorti. Gone. Louis LeBlanc. Where is he? Uh, Bullyu was a trash pick. So, Sick dude, but trash pick. Who? Bullyu. Bullyu, yeah, yeah. Nate Bullyu's, yeah. But you know, there's a there's a trend here. You have just garbage first round picks, and, and what I see all the time is Bergman. He forces uh, his picks, so you see the Habs are really thin down the middle. What does he do? He drafts a guy. So he have third overall pick and he drafts a guy lower ranked who thinks he thinks is this big center that can answer the prayers of the Canadians. He's done it over and over again. You see with I understand. Michael McCarron, Ryan Poling, like these picks are just, he's trying to push it and force it. But what are you saying? I don't understand when, uh, like if GMs know that their guy that they want is uh, like a seven to 10 pick and they're picking in like, the fourth slot. Why not trade down? Ask Bergevin. Trade swap to that seventh pick. Like I, I know it's not necessarily always that easy. Maybe whoever's drafting in seven to ten or wherever you want to pick is content with their placement. But it, uh, yeah, I've never really understood that when when GMs don't select the best player available because you're able, even if you don't think that that player is what you need right now, you're going to be able to turn that player into assets eventually. Yep. That's going to be worth more than a a weaker player that plays a position that you need. Could agree more. Well, I was, I, I know a, another Canadian team that has a, uh, a GM that speaks French and has great drafting. The Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian. In the last three drafts. Dude, you ripped Dorian yeah, last say, episode. You, you literally him? trashed him. Well, you no, I, him like I said, hold on. Ugly. I said his trading was awful. I said his trading was awful. He drafts well. Tim Stutzla. Brady Tuchuk, Jake Sanderson, um, 
Lassie Thompson, Shane Bowers, Thomas Shabbat. Like, those are... Thomas Shabbat. I think the only picks that really impress me there are maybe Shabbat and Kachuk. Like, I don't think the rest are... Like, Stutzel, who else are you going to draft at three? That's not a hard pick. I could have made that pick. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm saying he's a good pick that Ottawa took at five. Who went fourth? Uh, Is that guy to the dead wings? Raymond. Yeah. Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I would have put Sanderson that high. I don't know. He was the best defenseman in the draft. So, You know who sucks that Ottawa drafted? Logan Brown. That guy's a freaking loser. The first round pick too. I hate that guy. Isn't he a big fella? Yeah, he's huge. Hey, I think Jamie Drysdale's better than Jake Sanderson. Logan Brown played in in Windsor, didn't he? Am I thinking? Yeah, he did. I think he did actually. Yes, he did. I can confirm for a fact that he did. Yeah. Um. So, Kirk Muller was fired too. That's crazy. Welcome to the conversation. Did you, uh, speaking of possible firings, did you hear of uh, Governor Cuomo's latest news? What uh, a loser! Did you hear Grand about this, Zach? So, uh, he yeah, was I heard he's in the, by a second woman goal. of sexual harassment. So it's, uh, and you know, like what, what, uh, is said when it comes to the matters of sexual harassment, sexual assault, you know, you, you want to, believe the woman's story right uh it's important to to really listen and and give it the attention it deserves and some of these allegations i won't go too deep into it but there's you know there was talks of uh suggesting on on government you know paid for private jets and stuff to play strip poker uh questioning a woman on a staff about if she'd sleep with older men and if she'd be if, you know if she'd want to ever sleep with older men etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, with innu- sexual innuendos essentially and under- underlying uh, innuendos of, of along the lines of I don't think I have to say underlying innuendos just innuendos uh, centered around you know the potential of them having sex together and and him kind of stating I think one of the quotes was stating she was just turned 25 at the time and along the lines of he was saying that he would sleep with a younger woman anyone over 22 he was fine with uh, kind of leaning towards the oh like she would be she'd be old enough to, to partake with them and whatnot and uh, it, the list goes on you can you can pull it up online i urge everyone and the quotes are kind of uh kind of gross to be fair uh, if you get deeper into it but nick what were you gonna say no i was just gonna say he also did kiss a woman without consent and like everything that they said that the former president was cuomo did he literally unwanted touching uh kissing uh innuendos Stuff like that. And now that there was a second woman who came out too, eh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's multiple. What he now. Said, what, yeah. I was that's, talking more so about the second woman's quotes. Yeah. Um, but. It's crazy, dude. It is. It's It's just absurd. Just absurd. What were you going to say, Zach? Sorry. You got to be a pretty massive idiot in general to... Uh, sexually harass anybody man or woman regardless pretty stupid and uh if proven true it's like if you're in a position of power like that that's even more dumb like it's never wrong it's never right it's always wrong but it's it's almost like it's even more wrong like it's just so 
stupid that you do that. Like just gross. Well, like even if proven true, it it was, it was funny too. Um, He was on CNN with his brother and he had just, I think Andrew Cuomo just recently got divorced. And for a little bit of context, Andrew uh, Cuomo's, obviously the governor, but his brother, Chris Cuomo works for CNN as one of their major anchors. And he was on CNN uh, shortly after his divorce. And it's so gross and creepy because you can pull up the clip where Chris turns to, turns to the camera and says to his brother, um, you're single and ready to mingle now. Like how gross and creepy is that? Knowing that we know all these allegations. That's not gross. No, that's on that's national not TV. No, that's oh, not that's, bad. That's gross. I don't know. That's Hine, what do you? That's not bad at all. Knowing what Hine, do you think just, that's? I, I think it's it's interesting the whole the whole thing and, and one of the things we were kind of just saying is and I, I noticed you said is you know if proven guilty but when it comes to matters of sexual assault and whatnot and and people wanting to believe the women and, and if you push that that narrative especially in mainstream media of always believing the woman and when it came to donald trump it was you always believe the woman doesn't matter the evidence when when it came to um uh what's his name i'm blanking the uh appointee to the um brett kavanaugh supreme court brett kavanaugh, brett kavanaugh. Uh, when it came to that it was it was undoubtedly you had to believe the women when it comes to trump and kavanaugh you believe the woman it didn't matter their uh you know the stories and and any evidence or anything of, of the source, right? It didn't matter. You believe a woman, you believe a woman, you believe a woman. And you can either agree with that or not agree with that. But now we're going to a situation where it's a, it's a Democrat in power and people aren't jumping on that same wagon, so to speak, in terms of believe the woman, believe the woman. He needs to resign, kick him out. It's disgusting. It's more so, as you said, Zach, and I'm not saying you're, you're of this thinking but, or of that mind, but it was, you know, well, let's, let's see if evidence comes out and, if it's proven along those lines, right? But you saw media attacks from pretty much every media outlet in the country, aside from maybe Fox News and a few others with with Kavanaugh and Trump saying, oh, they got to resign. They're dirty pigs, uh, rapists, this, that, and the third. And you have women coming out with corroborating you know, evidence and whatnot uh, around a Democrat. And it's kind of like, oh, let's sit back and, um, and we'll see if there's evidence that comes out before we call for him to resign, even though he also just was pretty much uh, was the reason that all these seniors just died in homes and covered it up anyways. Like how much need that this guy's a scumbag. Yeah. So I'm not saying that like the guy didn't do it. Just no, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But do you think then that uh, like Trump and uh, Kavanaugh should have resigned then when they got that backlash? Like if you guys think yeah, Cuomo though- should resign, like do you think Trump and Hold on, I don't man. know. I don't know the Kavanaugh situation at all. And yeah. honestly, I didn't really bother to look too much into the, the Trump Kavanaugh- situation. I've just read a couple quotes but obviously I feel tremendously awful for that woman who had that experience at that party and thought it was Brett Kavanaugh. No person, no woman should ever go through that. Um, Somebody was a scumbag. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, and I completely disavow and denounce that, but I don't, I don't believe based on the evidence that was presented that it was Brett Kavanaugh, but I think that it's important to make the differentiation that what Trump said was disgusting. It was absolutely mm-hmm. disgusting. Can't say it. But Andrew Cuomo said it and acted upon unconsensual behavior. And single conference. and ready to mingle. Like I, I agree with the the rest, like your arguments and stuff. Like if this guy 
like the sexual assault allegations need to be taken very seriously. But I, I think saying single and ready to mingle is where you lose me a little bit. I mean, I mean, it's probably not something I'd say on national TV. It's kind of stupid sounding. Well, especially, but but I don't think that's like, I don't understand why you're really, really upset about saying single and ready to mingle. Like, well, it's, it's dude, just, if you'd say that to me, if like, or I'd say to Hind, if he broke up with a girl or something like that, I think that's just that's a pretty the generic first. term. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, but the difference is, is Hind doesn't exhibit any predatory behavior. You you think that if he's doing this all of a sudden now, you don't think he wasn't doing it before? There's all kinds of staffers. That, well, let's like, see if more allegations come out. Then that'll well, be the answer to that, right? There's already two. So, like, my point is, is and the other thing too is, Hind, when were these allegations from? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty I sure and I thought it was, it was, years I'm pretty ago. sure she was married. I just want to, I just want to clarify. I'm not defending the guy. Like, no, it no, sounds like it, based off the evidence sounds like he's a scumbag, but I, I'm just saying like saying single and ready to mangle doesn't, it, it might upset some people, but for me, it, it doesn't really, I don't, I'm not too upset by it unless the guy, like, I don't know, like I, I can see both way, both arguments and it sounds like the guy is a scumbag, but, uh, yeah, I think yeah, we should what try and stray away from that. Yeah, I, it's kind of give and take. It's just what you you believe that should be uphold on, on national TV, right? That's I think that's the argument we're making. It's not about like the actual content per se or, or context rather. Uh, it's more so like, do you believe that that kind of behavior should be on CNN, like a, a news anchor? That it's takes stupid. It was seriously. right. It was silly. it was unnecessary it was silly. to but, say, right? But at the same time, uh, it does take away from the main points. And you asked me earlier if I think he should resign over this, and I. I don't really have an opinion on that. I think more so if I was talking about his uh, his resigning right now, it'd actually be over what happened with the the old age homes. I think he should resign already. Yeah. And I think he should be uh, the government should go at him with the full legal power of the of the U.S. government, U.S. prosecution, because I think it's disgusting what happened there. And when it comes to this issue, the thing that I really want to focus on and really emphasize is the hypocrisy there, because you have, as I said, with Kavanaugh and Trump, you had the media all over it. Any, any allegation was to be taken at face value. It was a done deal. It was, it was fact. It was fact and it was truthful. Now you have someone that has a track record who just recently had a scandal in terms of well, scandals, putting it lightly, of essentially causing all these people to die and covering it up. So we're no, we know he's capable of doing scummy things uh, for his own personal gain. Okay. And then you have these allegations centering around sexual harassment and what you're not seeing is the Democrats and CNN calling for his resignation. Not, not necessarily like, yes, there's, there's some uh, bipartisanship right now attacking him over what happened in the retirement homes, but you're still not seeing it all the time in, in the mainstream media resign over that. This comes out again, and you're not seeing what you saw with the Republicans where it's, oh my God, they're, they're sexual predators, resign immediately. You have a double whammy. He caused deaths of seniors and hit it. And now he's being, uh, you know, people are accusing him of, of sexual harassment. When when does the point come where the resignation question comes up? If this doesn't do it, well, what will do it? You've convinced me. The guy, it's honestly just based off that argument right there. Sounds like the guy needs to get out. Um, I think that something that there's a bit of a lack of right now is accountability and uh, yeah. in politics. Yeah, it's hard think? when the president's snoozing all day. Like, where's the accountability yeah. going to come from? Well, before <laughs> before we go down that rabbit hole, Sleepy Joe, um, I just want to quickly say the reason I brought up the single and ready mingle these these allegations stem from what before he was married was while he was married. 
I'm almost 100% positive on that. So you're going to go on national TV and sort of give a green light to that predatory behavior. That was my point. I could be wrong, but whatever. I I see how you're, what lens you're looking at it through. Okay. I I understand now. Now, um, on the resignation, I think he should have resigned over the, the crisis too. I mean, the guy wrote a book singing his praises about how well he did. He got it. We got a medal for it. He got a medal. An Emmy. He got an Emmy. Yeah, or award rather. It's just ridiculous. It's a joke. It's a joke. The U.S. political system sometimes is a joke when it comes to keeping things consistent. So there is some good news though. There was there's four states that are actually fighting back against big tech censorship. I don't know if you guys uh. Yeah. saw that in the u.s florida so actually wait can i guess the states yeah yeah i guess the states i'm gonna guess that it is uh florida texas yep um oklahoma nope and uh let's go georgia maybe georgia no no the last two are arizona and minnesota arizona was actually a bit of a surprise for me because they just flipped blue um but you know nonetheless it's still I think it's a great thing to see. You're seeing this legislation come in kind of going to be cracking down and fining big tech for uh, unlawful for censorship because you could, I was going to say unlawful censorship, but I think the details are still a little bit ambiguous in terms of what they would deem to be lawful and unlawful. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, Florida's the only state, well, not the only state, but one of the only states that has actually done everything right. In my opinion, when it comes to COVID, I mean, what? Yeah, dude. Yeah. What? Florida is full of old, full of old people, full of old people. And they still don't have as many deaths of elderly people as uh, New York. Their vaccination, okay, so that's one statistic, their, their, though. Their vaccination rollout programs are among the best in the United States. Okay. And I'll they give kept, you credit for that. But and they like, kept and they kept their economy open. And they haven't lost over what 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 number are we at? Almost forty percent of small businesses. Either, like, I I don't know what you can say. Uh, I'm gonna have to take a look at the statistics, but there's literally no way that Florida handled COVID the best out of every state. Like, there's no way. I don't know. I disagree with that. I think they handled it um, relatively. I, I think it's among the best. What states did it better? Michigan, they're calling for an inquiry on what. I don't give it. Her. I really don't care whatsoever about how American states have handled COVID, quite frankly. So I haven't looked at the statistics, but I know just based off of being a North American that Florida has not done a good job. It's dude. If you look at Florida, like, okay, I've actually, you know what? I've got a couple of uh, people from Florida on my Instagram and literally yesterday, this one guy was making fun of he's out on a boat in, uh, in Miami and he's making fun of people that are on the docks wearing masks. He's like, ah, like, ah, there's another mask where <laughs> like, like I, that's the, the mindset that's, I think, predominant right now in in florida and i don't understand how you think that that's the best way to treat covid well i guess it's like uh everything's subjective right because if you have people that are valuing uh economic initiatives over over 
uh, protecting lives, you could definitely make the argument that Florida's handled well, the best. Hold on, hold on. We're not, we're not, I'm not saying that there's no value to life for the coronavirus. Pandemic. Oh, no, no, I, I know that. I know that. Uh, what I'm saying is, is at the end of the day, why are we scared of a disease that's killing people at 1.7%? Because it's killing people at 1.7%. It's killing people. Zach, that's like the flu rate. All right, buddy. Would you rather live in America right now as far as the COVID? Well, I know you're going to answer America or New Zealand. New Zealand has a smaller population, so it's easier. That's not what I asked. I didn't ask what country has a bigger population. Would you rather live in America right now or would you rather live in New Zealand? America? Yeah, I'm taking New Zealand 100 times out of 100 right now. I'd take America too, actually. I'm going New Zealand. You can actually live your life down there (laughs) without even thinking about it. So do you wear yeah, two masks yeah. when you go out in public, Zach? Dude, how are you sh- attempting to shame somebody for wearing no, no, masks? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm Statistically asking a question. and scientifically, it's proven that wearing two masks is better. The World Health Organization has came out on multiple occasions and said that mask usage isn't always the best way of prevention. What's the like best way of prevention? Is it like wearing two domes where they like rub up on each other and just rip your mask? Basically. <laughs> no, scientifically, it, it has been scientifically proven in the past couple of weeks that wearing two masks is better well, it because sense. it limits the spread of aerosol droplets. Nick just said wearing masks isn't proven. No, I think he he says no, that's that what he it, said. Actually, I, I was trying. Yeah, he's, I was trying. To he said that. Of, yeah, I know you're I trying to. I wear a yeah. mask. I was trying to yeah, dissect it a little bit, but well, maybe he'll, he'll hit us with a rebuttal here. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well, give me a second. Yeah, I'll give but you I a know second. This, it's, yeah, it's debated, like whether or not like the effectiveness of masks. But if you think just from a common, a common sense perspective of something covering your, uh, the passages where, whereby you can emit you know, the particles into the atmosphere, right, into your surroundings. And it obviously makes sense when you're in close proximity to someone to, if you're wearing a mask, it's not as much of it's going to escape. It's just common sense, right? So, yeah. So, first off, most people don't even wear masks properly to start start off and begin with. Wearing a mask somewhat properly in is Canada, better than not wearing they, one they at do. all. They yeah, do Canada's, Canada. yeah. I guess maybe I'm looking from the American experience because I still wear my mask out in public because I'm man. Don't you have to? Like legally? Um, I think so. I know yeah. on fe- all federal grounds I have to, but my point is, is I'm not against people wearing masks. If you want to mer- wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to wear two masks, wear two masks. Let's not. So what's your point? point? My point is, is that we're at a point where, like, you have guys like Dave Portnoy that are literally saving people's lives. The there are going to be people with mental health rates, with obesity rates, with heart disease obesity is going through the roof where people are going to die from the causes of that because they haven't been able to go out and do anything from depression. Dude, you can go out for a walk. Like you, you can go for a walk and get exercise still look okay. at Florida. Like how's that, how's that argument make sense if we're going to argue Florida, which is wide open, then it doesn't, it refutes that argument right there. Right. But you, Florida did it right. No. They're full of old people, Zach. They are literally full of old people and they okay, still so if you want to argue us as new york which has been locked down for a literal year they killed 
all small business in New York. They have the highest tax rates in the country. They have the highest death rates among seniors. They sent seniors into nursing homes and basically gave them a death sentence versus Florida, which who did nothing. What are you talking about? Did nothing. They have the best vaccine rollout program in the country. Other than that, though. You said you argued that they're handling COVID the best, not yes, vaccines the best. If you say vaccines the best, I could look at the data and maybe agree with you, but not on not saying that Florida. So, so just to clarify, New York State handled the COVID crisis. Did I say that? Did no, I say no, that? No, but you're saying that Florida hasn't handled it the best. I'm saying Who's Florida is not the best state. Who's I'm saying it better. I I literally already told you I do not care whatsoever how American states are handling COVID. I'm not American. I don't care. It does okay, not. So well, it Canada, impacts me. Versus Canada, it Canada's Ontario is doing a worse job than Manitoba or Newfoundland or something Canada like that. Canada still like, doesn't have vaccines. What? How do you argue? This doesn't build your argument whatsoever. Yes, it does. How, how does, does Canada not having vaccines mean that Florida is the best state at handling COVID? I would rather live in Florida than Canada. For a vaccine, I want to put numbers in here. I want to put numbers to this because Florida, if you look at it in terms of actual like COVID deaths, uh, coupled with what they've done with their economic initiatives and keeping the economy open, you could make a very strong argument for Florida having handled it one of the best states. So, first off, we'll look at the the highest states number of deaths per 100,000 people. You're seeing states that did lock down and also crippled their economies. So, you're seeing New Jersey at 261. And then you're seeing New York at 243. Then you're seeing Rhode Island 236, Massachusetts 232. Okay. You go down to about the mid range point, pretty much the, the dead center. And you have Florida at 142. So substantially less than what we're seeing at the top. Um, and considering everything they've done with their vaccine rollout now and keeping their economy open, you know, and Nick does have a, somewhat of a point. Okay. But you also have to look at density of population. Like there's so many more factors, and what are, you are these about density of po- population? Central Florida is filled with old people. It's literally filled with old people. They have you know what seen- density of population means? Per, are you referring to density of population per kilometer, for example? Yeah, like a, a square kilometer. How many people live in a square kilometer on average? I don't like. I think New York's going to have, at least in New York City, which is where the majority of the deaths came from for COVID. I think you're going to see a higher density per square kilometer than you are or mile, I guess, because we're talking American than yeah, you're going to see in Florida. If, if you look but, at California, California has 130 deaths. And we also need to look at the stats behind it. How are these same, like, are these deaths? What's the proper term? So we're looking at death rates from coronavirus in the United States as of February 26th, 2021. Are they measuring at the same fundamental levels? Like when an autopsy is done, they take a sample, right? If the sample comes back positive for COVID, is that now being called a COVID death? Maybe it is in New York, but it's not in Florida, right? Well, that's like a whole different, it's almost a conspiracy hypothesis, right? How they're actually, how many people are actually being No, it's not. It's just, from, it's just well, analyzing that's the data. We're not sure about though, but we're not sure. That's what I'm saying. It's telling us the truth. No, even in terms of, like even in Canada, that's that's a to- like a topic, a bone of contention right now. It's because because you see no one with the common flu, you see no one dying from all these uh, these means that they would die regularly. It's all COVID. It's all COVID. And, and there's the conspiracies uh, centering around, oh, they're getting more government funding in hospitals, et cetera. But, but to talk about your point about the, uh, the density of, of populations. 
yeah, New York's an example, but you look at New Jersey, you look at, you know, Rhode Island, Massachusetts has Boston, but you look at a state like Florida, they have uh, many big cities. Like yeah. they have, they have uh, like quite a few large centers, right? You're looking at some of these states like New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. A couple big, maybe a couple big cities. You, Rhode Island's the same Massachusetts. You have Boston, uh, Mississippi, and then Arizona. Like, but if you look at Florida and their populations, what 29 million, I believe it is. And they have huge centers. Orlando. So, I don't think Tampa, that, that Miami, Tallahassee, like there, there's all kinds of places and they've kept it open. Like, 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 yeah, it's, I, I just I don't think that up. we're ever going to get accurate numbers on the amount of people that actually have had COVID right. because it all depends on the testing capabilities of a state. It depends on the people in the state of going to get tested. Like, do you think uh, a Florida, a Floridian or what's the term, Nick? Is it a Floridian? Is that yeah, a citizen Floridian. of Florida? Yeah. A Floridian that has a sniffles that doesn't wear a mask to the grocery store is going to go get tested for COVID. No, they don't care. I'm not, I'm not trying to put words in their mouth, but if they're not wearing a, a mask, they definitely don't care if they have a runny nose, which in some cases is the only symptom that you get when you test positive for COVID. It's, got, it's the same everywhere in Canada. It's the exact same, dude. Yeah, like but it might be. Right now, I like think the that sniffles I hear is like, it's like, it's, but it's just, why would that level's like, going to be higher in Florida you, though? But in a sense, why would you, if you had, if you just had like, what would, because if you look at how you have to lock down now with COVID, you, you, if you have sniffles and you get tested, you literally have to be in your home now for what, 14 days, or you're like liable probably legally yeah. now for spreading the virus. So if you have sniffles that you get every single year at this time of year in the winter, what would possess you to essentially displace yourself from your life, right? I'm just thinking of it like objectively here, you're going to displace yourself from your life for 14 days at the minimum on top of having to isolate from everyone, uh, maybe have food delivered, like just crazy precautions just because you're going to go to your way and get tested because you have sniffles that you have every, at every, every time this year. You know what I mean? Like that's the, part. so if it comes back negative, you don't have to worry though. And if it comes back positive, then maybe you just saved somebody's life in the community. Yeah. But you're, st- I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at objectively. You're still waiting four days where you can't do anything. I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just speaking from uh, an everyday Canadian or everyday Americans point of view. Um, there are supplements like there's income know, supplements right like now. You're, yeah, but it's not, it's it's not that simple, man. Like even you going on this EI train, trying to get EI for you has been a nightmare. Why would it be easier for someone to they have to go into work for X or a reason to put food on the table? Uh, they have the sniffles, so they up and decide to get tested for COVID. They have to wait four days because of our delayed testing times. They can't go to work. Uh, now they're they're worried about putting food on the table, or they're or they're worried about uh, you know not performing at work, not getting promotion because they're now they're stuck inside. Or they're what they're about if they take care of their kid? Okay, so what if the sniffles turned out to be COVID and then they went into work and they gave it to their boss who's 65 years old or 70 years old, somebody who's more at risk, right? Yeah, but you're and then they to be having PPE COVID. protection at work. So that shouldn't even be a risk because of these places that are open. It should be uh, which, your social distancing, you're wearing masks, and that's the whole point of having these businesses open. Which, which it limits it, but point. it doesn't eliminate it. But it which, limits it, but doesn't eliminate it. But well, then you just want to close everything. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, it's just, it's, you could literally go on this endless loop, Nick. Sorry to cut you off. But like you could literally go, what if, what if, what if? You could do that. I, what if I go outside and get hit by a bus and I die? Right. Yeah, that's what if fair. I go do this? Basically, what if I trip oh, and break my neck tomorrow? Like you could what if everything with COVID. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to look at stats, say in my region we have 80 cases of COVID that are active that have been have been traced. I'm just saying objectively, what would possess someone to go that has the sniffly nose at every time this year and, and go get COVID tested and put their life on pause? I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying objectively, if you have a sniffly nose that you get at the same time every year, you, you feel completely fine. This is a normal thing for you. 
to go and like kind of put your life on hold just because you have a significantly low nose, like that doesn't really make sense to a lot of people. I don't think. All right. I'll give you guys an example. So as you guys know, I tested positive for COVID, right? And the reason that I tested positive is because I woke up one day, I had a sore throat and I knew I was going home to potentially see some family and stuff. And I was going to an area that didn't have as much COVID. So I went and I got tested, came back positive. So there's an example of like, I slept with the window open that night and I just thought I had a sore throat because I woke up, it was like 16 degrees in my bedroom. And I was like, ah, I should probably just go get tested just to be sure. Right. Cause you don't want to spread something. And then it turns out it's positive. So there's an example of where the, the risk is worth the reward. Right. But you were going like, how many people are going home to a small community and, and not going to be wearing masks and be around a lot of family. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying in your day-to-day life, you're in the city, you live, you're with your family. You're not seeing anybody. If you go into work regular, like occasionally or regularly, it's PPE to the nine social distance offices. Like your offices are spread out or your desks are spread out. Everything you're like PPE is in, in effect. Well, how could you, how could you justify that someone doing that? Right. And here's the other reducing thing. Reducing the spread is important. Oh, hold on. But if we're reducing the spread, what's the rule in uh, the uh, Canada right now on number of people in the household? Do you guys still Five have that? People, it, depends, it depends on the zone. It's uh, currently in Windsor, at least, red. which is red. Yeah, it's five people indoors or 25 people outdoors. Right. But what I was going to say, Zach, is even if you did go home, you still would have been breaking COVID protocol policy because you would have had more people in the home than you would have been allowed. Yeah. So that, that following of PPE and masks argument is actually my sister, my, my sister, my mom and dad and myself is four people. Okay. Plus no, your sister. Yeah, I thought you weren't friend, supposed to travel from like plus, city to city. Plus your grandparents. That's seven people that already broke the rule. No, I wasn't. I did not visit my grandparents. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. And I'm not saying that I totally think that you should be able to go and visit your family. That's my point is, is Florida rolled out everything really well and they didn't kill the economy and they didn't drive people broke and they didn't and and they had some of the best best COVID death rates to put this in perspective I don't think that anybody should have died from this disease I think that it is awful and disgusting that anybody has perished from this disease so what do you think is more effective to limit deaths related to COVID shutting down possible community spread locations or do you think leaving it open is better you shut down which one's going to limit deaths i'm going to tell you right now that i truthfully think that this i can only speak to the u.s example because i don't have the canadian that's fine i'm asking i'm asking you like in michigan was completely shut well michigan is awful too like there's going to be an inquiry on whitmer and her handling of COVID as well let me ask so you both So do you think to limit deaths, do you think that it's more effective to shut down potential community transfer spots or limit capacity? I'm not like saying shut down completely. And I think when everything is shut down, it's, it's very detrimental to the economy, but I think it can be beneficial to like reduce capacity. I know Braden, this is something you've argued for a lot that like opening small businesses in a reduced capacity that have had no prior history of any COVID spread or anything like that makes a lot of sense. I think that I, well, I agree with you on that quite frankly. Well, let me, let me ask you both questions because you're very adamant and uh, on, on all the mass thing and if you have any symptoms getting, getting tested and stopping the spread. But let me ask you both a question. Have you hung out with any of your friends in the last one, like in the last year? Yeah, but in, we're in allowed a group. to. In, in a, a group, group, in a house, 
without masks on and you're coming from different yes. cities or you're from the same city or you were living say in, in a city you work and you, you go home for a weekend you're hanging out with friends yes yeah i followed so, government restrictions i did what we were allowed to do so even like over the last course of the few months you haven't even gone out and played like pond hockey with your friends or had a night where you guys got together for drinks that's not what I said. I said I followed government restrictions. Well, I'm just, well, the government restrictions, we were in a full gray zone in Ontario. We weren't supposed to see anyone outside of our household. So yeah. the answer is yes to that. You thereby, and I'm, this isn't me ridiculing you. I've seen friends. I've seen a friend myself, but I'm saying if you want to push that narrative, right. Of, of the, what if narrative and the stop the spread, but at the same time, you've done like even one thing out of the ordinary it's like well that's not the narrative i'm pushing though the narrative i'm pushing is florida has not done a good job with covid they have that's that's the only thing i'm arguing statistically they have but how good are those statistics like do you think statistics is very reliable for like even like thesis data so i will give them credit there the the cdc no but i think that they're like it's going to be underreported in new york or or like florida like we're never going to know how many true cases there are if, you if think COVID cases are overreported? Well, I guess that gets into yeah. the PCR test for, discussion yeah, and where the thresholds are set. Yeah, I just, I just think that comparatively, nobody. I feel horrendously awful for anybody who's lost anybody to COVID. It's a disgusting disease. It sucks, mm-hmm. and I am beyond sorry. I truly am. I know I come off like a little bit of a prick at the beginning there. But I do wear my mask. I do socially distance. I do do those things to protect those people because I've even had close family members of mine who are battling cancer that we haven't been able to see because of COVID. I understand and I acknowledge it. My point that I was trying to make is that when it comes to the overall holistic approach that we've had to the COVID-19 pandemic, I believe that Florida has done it the best or one of the best considering their size and everything they've been able to do and keep their economy open. And I would move to Florida before I would ever consider moving to New York in in this, in this circumstance. Yeah. And like when I just want to make it clear that when I'm talking objectively about this stuff, I'm not uh, diminishing the severity of the situation with COVID. Like COVID's awful. I've lost family to to COVID. Uh, I've had like good friends who have had their lives changed. Uh, One of my good friends in Europe had his father in a coma for months on uh, on end and he just came out of the coma and he's just struggling with the long haulers syndrome to try and get his life back. So, uh, I I've seen it firsthand, uh, in terms of people close to me. And even as I said, a family member passing away from COVID. So I'm not downplaying the severity by any means. Uh, and in terms of Florida, you know, I think the, you both make really good points, right? You, you talk about, it's just two different ways of approaching the situation the less a fair approach that you saw at the beginning with florida uh, and then more of the lockdown approach and there's pros and cons to both of them uh, especially in terms of economic initiatives uh, and then also with valuing life but i guess the good thing for florida is you're seeing they're kind of mid-tier on deaths per hundred thousand whilst at the same time they've managed to keep their economy open and thriving so they're going to be coming out of the stronger than other states would have or will um so I guess, you know, you both make very valid points. So you both make valid points and that arguments is we're not going to be the last to have it. It's going to be, what is the proper way to handle it? And I don't think anyone's really going to have the answer because everything's There's no right way. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I just also want to say this too. The reason why I guess I'm so passionate about it is because I have had uh, somebody I know, like because of the restrictions that have, have been implemented, like lost their life, like yeah. because because of the crisis. 
So yeah. I think. Do you mean like lost their livelihood or like lost? No, like, like a loss like of committed suicide. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. So I, I guess, I guess we just have different mindsets on it. And, you know, at the end of the day, there truly is no right way, but I think that it's starting to get to the point where you are seeing those mental health crisis um, scenarios starting to increase due to this, which are equally important, but it is. Yes. Yes. Anyways, um, Zach, I wanted to say that you brought up a lot of good points there and you are. Tummy sticks. Love it. (laughs) As did you, Nick. I agree with some of your points, not all your points, as I'm sure you do with mine. And it was a good discussion. Um, I I did want to, We've done, we've gone quite a long a long while, but I want to touch on a stock talk today. I see you added oh, some I got a good, something. I got one lined I, up. I don't really have anything Here. today, so if it's just you two, go uh, go ahead, dude. No, I think it. it's just Rainsy. And then I got hey, I, after though. I'm not a financial advisor. Do not take anything. I, you should probably <laughs> actually fade. You should probably fade all my stock buys. <laughs> but uh, the stock talk stock of the week, folks, Enbridge. Trading at, uh, I think it was down at like 42.69 or something like that. And uh, it's, it's at a discounted price right now. It's got an excellent dividend at $3.34 a year, which is around a 7.5% yield, depending on what the price is at a given time. I was stupid. I bought into this stock at like 45 bucks and it's down <laughs> now, but it's it's not down the full price of the dividend. So I'll still be making money at the end of the year. And Yeah. And I'm looking to uh, increase my position in it because uh, I believe that it's trading at a, a steep discount right now. And it's a great way, like I said earlier on, uh, millionaires have diverse income streams and that's a uh, passive income via dividends is a great way to uh, diverse your income stream. And uh, just a little bit quickly into the fundamentals of Enbridge, you might think Enbridge and you think uh, natural gas or oil or stuff like that. Uh, they do. They they are in those industries. They own 25% of the oil pipelines in North America. So they've got a pretty good hold on that industry. Uh, but they are diversifying rapidly and efficiently into renewable energy, which is going to be a huge growth sector because, as we know, Trudeau and Biden have recently discussed uh, their goals of becoming carbon neutral again by the year 2050. So Enbridge is diversifying rapidly with 38 different renewable completed and or underway projects right now. So they're diversifying their income stream and they're looking pretty good for the long haul. I love a good stock that pays a dividend, man. It's not a get rich quick stock, but it's no. a get rich stock. No, it was but, a, it was a bad Friday sell off. I think it was the worst sell off since October, but uh, Nick, take it was away. yeah Thursday, Friday were tough. Yeah. I, uh, I can say personally, I've, uh, I, re- I rallied a little bit on Friday, um, but because I'm over leveraged in, in one investment right now, but uh, yeah, it was not a good couple of weeks for my portfolio. I can tell you that for free. I'm still um, up 7% of the month, but my portfolio is like a fraction of the size of yours. So that's a, it's a song. Jeez. Um, so uh, just quickly, obviously, um, you know, cancer affects everybody and um you know, it's tough uh, acknowledging uh, passing on in life. Um, but uh, a little bit ago, I, I spoke about a uh, friend of mine that I went to school with, Brian Fraser, um, who unfortunately had to make the um, decision to stop treatment uh, to try and enjoy his life. And 
Uh, on Thursday, during the Ottawa Senators 6-1 win over the Calgary Flames, um, he passed away, and his dad uh, tweeted it out. And uh, I just I just want everybody to um, acknowledge your friends and family, appreciate them, uh, because at the end of the day, you, even in the midst of this pandemic, always have as each other. So... Um, just wanted to let the fellas know and all the listeners that I think about you guys and I love you all. And uh, I, I love you more. To, just wanted to give a big shout out to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brian, who passed away. Well yeah, said. Very sad. Well said. Very sad. And just Rest thoughts and peace, condolences. Brian. Yeah. Thoughts and uh, you know, condolences to his family for sure. That's, that's very tough. It's nice of the sense to put up some big numbers on uh, the day of his passing. I yeah. bet he would yeah, like that. So one. yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Should we uh, call it there? Yeah, yes, sir. That was a good epi, boys. We didn't uh, good chats. We uh, what's with the coronavirus talks lately? Obviously, it's pressing, but I think everybody's starting to get sick of it. Yeah, I get sick of it. But then people argue that Florida did a good job, and it's just you know you go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, Nick's like, Nick's like, where did that come from? He's the one who brought it up. Where did yeah. the coronavirus thing come from? Everybody's talking about COVID nowadays. Yeah. Oh wait, it was me. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, good job, boys. All right, All right, talk to you.